Welcome back to Zombie Squad Cast. In this episode, I got Ali Chef. I get all that right? Ali Chef? Yeah. Ali Chef. All right. Yeah. And uh, Ali is a filmmaker and producer and, and production manager. Uh, I've worked with you on a number of things. I think some stuff with uh, mm-hmm. Trey, like the fashion, that, that DC fashion show. Oh, yeah. Like forever ago. ago. Forever <laughs> yeah. ago. And some, some, mm-hmm. ID, some ID shows, I think, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did some casting for them. And then uh, I also work as a voice actor and an actor and a clown. Awesome. awesome. And I'm shooting awesome. a documentary right now. So. All right. Well, uh, yeah, let's, let's start with that. So, so introduce yourself, uh, tell us what you do and especially that documentary and, and what's been going on. Sure. Um, I guess I would describe myself as a story creator. Okay. So not only do I travel and adventure, I then um, try to either assist in somebody else's story, putting it together, doing production like you listed. Um, I'm shooting a documentary. I've been shooting for the last two years. Um, I'm a one man band on it, which is like uh, challenging, but also really great because uh, my subjects are able to get really close and I'm very, I'm not very invasive. So after we establish like a week of trust now I'm like in, so like everyone feels comfortable talking to me. Uh, we have agreements as far as like content that's irrelevant to the documentary, like gossip. That's so has nothing moving it forward. Um, the mm-hmm. documentary is on, um, the equal rights amendment. And, uh, so I've been following a small group, uh, in the Shenandoah Valley who were very successful in having a very bipartisan, um, group, uh, and ground game. And so, um, I've been with them through the ratification in the state of Virginia and then kind of now um, piecing together last, last interviews for a shorter version of the documentary because it's such a like, such a long game. <laughs> so once the short version gets kind of sewed up, um, I'll make the decision on whether the future content that I gather is going to go for a long documentary or if I'll just donate it to a couple other documentaries that I know uh, are doing, are covering the ERA as well. Um, and then, uh, I do a lot of voiceover work, um, audio animation, industrials, um, then acting. Um, and that's just kind of like the range of stage to film. Um, and then I also work as a clown and I've worked as a humanitarian clown for about 13 years. So I work with Patch Adams and, um, <clears throat> we, the real one. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the tall guy. Okay. <laughs> tall. He's very tall. Um, very cool. He's very. Uh, he's he's delightful. Um, what wasn't wasn't that like a big issue with the movie that Robin Williams was like short and, and like there was like some a lot of people had like some criticisms about some inaccuracies I guess about it or something. Sure, I think I think that kind of happens a lot. I mean, they turned it into a love story. Mm-hmm. The character that dies, <clears throat> um, that was a friend. It was a dear friend of his, uh, a fella who um, that happened to. But, you know, they kind of, I think what happens sometimes with storylines is they're not sure if it's going to grab people enough and they want to throw that extra little thing in. So, yeah, yeah they created a love story in it. Um, yeah, the height difference. Actually, it's funny you say that because uh, I'm friends, <clears throat> I'm close with his two sons as well. And one of them just sent me a picture to show how like gangly they were, like 14, standing next to Robin. Right. And it's just like the height difference. <laughs> yeah. It is really, because Patch, I think, is like, oh, I think he's like six, seven or 
six, eight, something like that. Robin Williams is nowhere near six, seven, six. No, no, real short. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, the humanitarian clown is uh, clowning uh, is kind of done all over the world, and it, it's it's similar to Clowns Without Borders. It's open to um, different levels of clowns, though. Uh, the clowns without borders strictly deal with uh, professional clowns. Um, it's a lot of going into prisons and hospitals and orphanages and um, um, uh, low, like poor areas, war stricken areas, um, and kind of the the idea is the same kind of concept as patch with the love and positivity is healing um, is creating like parades and joy in areas giving giving a respite if you will for a little period of time so there's no reason why uh, art art and performance shouldn't be accessible to everybody yeah. so a bit of that <clears throat> so all over the place yeah. I basically am I a lot it. of creating <laughs> yeah so you said what humanitarian clowning mm-hmm Humani yeah. Humanitarian clowning, okay. Yeah, I do some stage clowning too, but like uh, humanitarian clowning, I've done the longest and it does have like performance, like uh, routines and stuff or maybe mm -hmm. like a stage performance. But um, <clears throat> a lot of it, a lot of it is just being, uh, being a clown, being present and it all about being the game that the audience plays with you. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a hospital, you might not do, you might go into one room and it's a bunch of kids and they have you do slapstick where you're like, you're doing pratfalls over and over again. Mm. And they're it's giving them back the control that they don't have, you know, because okay. they don't know when they're getting out of the hospital, if they're getting out of the hospital. They can't control what kind of care they're getting, but they can control that clown that comes in there. Yeah. Um, and they can, and then there's other people that just want to cry. I, I, I remember talking to this moto taxi guy and he had so many driver. He had so many, um, broken bones and he just wanted to talk about life and then some people can't move and you just sing them a song so and prisons are prisons are fascinating spaces especially in the south america where i've done most of my clowning um because there's so much interaction with all the inmates and it's such an open space and there's there's almost this nothing to lose when the clowns come they're like the it, there's like no inhibition except with like the teens, but like the adults are just kind of like all in for all the games, all in for all the silliness. And um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really fun to interact with other people on a level where nothing matters except for that, that person in front of you. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about how sick they are. You're not thinking about what crimes they committed. You're not thinking about their mental uh, situation. You're not thinking about any of those things except for like being with them really in that moment and moving within that moment so yeah i love doing it <laughs> wow. yeah i i think that's also it's it's something you have to be careful about you have to it's not you know when, when i when i hear of you know <clears throat> positions like humanitarian clowning or or, or volunteer work mm -hmm. or performing for kids it's not it, it's not the same it's not the same as playing a cop on TV. Where, oh no. Yeah. Where I'm just, you know, I, I have a simple script, spit it out. You know, my, my, my three, you know, my, my three rules connect to the character, memorize the lines, be, and, 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 you know, be in that moment, but that's mm -hmm. a fictional moment, but where, when you, you, it's a very more, it's a much more delicate situation you're in mm -hmm. when you are possibly doing something, the last thing this person is going to see, or they're in mm -hmm. jail, 
they're, they're in jail, so they don't see anything. Yeah. Oh, they they're, they're surrounded by such misery that this one happy moment is way more important than um and 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 not to take anything away from the other stuff we've done, but this sure. one moment, this ten minute, fifteen minute, twenty minute moment is way more important than just a a, a TV show or a movie on TV. You know. And, oh, certainly, certainly. So you're, de- so you're dealing with like a much more delicate, much more fragile, much more, you know epic kind of isolated moment yeah 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 and the sensitivity um we do this thing we do this thing um where it's called holding violette um they're the clowns the clowns that i work with are kind of like from everywhere so we we intentionally um make a space after going somewhere and doing performances and kind of like re it's an it's optional a regrouping and a checking in because a lot of times what happens is you're you're present and yeah also it's it clowns have to go in with intense listening because you have to like you're saying the sensitivity and the fragility of a moment and you don't know what someone's gone through you know like if you're dealing with kids that have been sex trafficked touching them or like maybe trying to manhandle play is not necessarily a safe play with them. So you have to listen to what is that game again that they want to play. Absolutely. And, uh, and then as, as, as clowns, we we're all people that have our own experiences too. And so you're there's like a recorder that's recording everything that's happening and you might be very in the moment. So you don't realize that that child in that woman's hand is going to die. And then, and all the circumstances in that environment that are present, you're not paying attention to as the clown, but as soon as you step out and you guys leave, it's like all of that input that just was coming in, even though you weren't registering it, comes. And so <clears throat> a lot of times with, at the end of that, clowns will get together and just kind of process if they want or just sit and listen because uh you sometimes you don't even know how something you you might not recall a trauma of your own life that's triggered by one of those things Mm -hmm. so um so so (laughs) it i'm glad you brought up the sensitivity and all of that because it, it is something that being aware to make sure that in order because it's alive real performance present and and like interaction that you have to be make sure you're at a place where you can honor that and um protect that space and protect the individuals you interact with so that if you don't process that and you don't protect yourself and you don't have awareness of yourself enough going into it uh then you can cause a lot of harm Mm -hmm. so you really do have to have that that sensitivity and awareness of yourself as well to go, Ooh, I can't, I I should, I should step back and let someone else go into this because it's not, um, that's going to trigger something for me that, um, in the end, uh, is, is going to affect the, the people around me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, going back to like, okay, so film and TV, Mm -hmm. if if you biff it, take two, take three, take four. And I, and I, you know, I did high school theater and I hated it, and and you know the, <laughs> the the amount of stress, and the and and, and, sure. and the attention on you, and if you biff it there, you know there like with comedians and with theater actors and Broadway plays and stuff, and and and, and singers and dancers, 
there's yeah. a way there's a way to if you know the, the famous line uh, if you get tangled up then you can tangle on yeah <laughs> yeah i haven't heard and, that one that's good well it's from son of a woman al pacino said it son of a oh, woman okay. so definitely nice. watch, definitely check that out but yeah so you know if you get tangled up tangle tangle on and these dancers have you know like prepared things to do if they get tripped up singers have sure. something prepared theater actors if they forget a line then they might have something like, like something extra in the bag Com- yeah comedians have things memorized for hecklers for forgetting a joke for sure. something uh-huh. they always have a workaround but for something like this it's there it, there there is no there is no biff in it you know you could you could either make their day great they could be mm-hmm. like and eh, it was kind of disappointing <clears throat> you could make their situation worse and there's no yeah. and there is no biffing and even if even and even if their day even if they just go back and like well i'm not more pissed off but it was just eh, you know like that's still mm-hmm. a loss and you and really like the whole point is to like make this one bubble within the universe of span of time this one moment you know like like you said a space but it's mm-hmm. like this bubble in the whole spectrum of time and space in the universe has mm-hmm. to be perfect with no this if, if i'm making sense you know what i mean no botches well yeah you you um <laughs> you're always a very present moving target i think i think that if you the only way you can fail is if you think about how good you're doing okay yeah like you can't like you don't go in going i'm gonna be so funny those kids are gonna laugh so hard and they don't laugh and you Uh go oh as soon as you become self-conscious no that's when you fail it it really is like it's all about the audience like there's no like no matter what audience it's their game they always have control over what you do and even when you watch a stage clown you watch chaplin or you watch um even Marcel Marceau, but you watch them, a cl- like a tr- traditional clown work is they'll go and then they check in with you and then they'll look back at it and then they check in with you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they wait to see if that's the joke you want to play. Mm-hmm. Do you want to play that joke? Okay, I'll go play that joke. And it's the same with like, uh, if you think if a kid doesn't laugh at you or uh, like I did this in this one prison, it was all the, the like teens. And they just were like too cool for school. They hate it. They're just like, oh, just like, oh, I hate the clowns. We're going to avoid them. And then, um, so it was switching up the game. It's like, what works? Okay, I'm going to go be a teenager with them. And then once you go play a teenager, I went and played a teenager. It just so happened. And then I hung around this one. And then they started giggling the fact that I was following one. And then it was their game. So I kept playing the game that they wanted to play versus my game, which was like, look at me juggle or look, you know what I mean? So <clears throat> I think biffing or, or failure, if you linger on that, that's when you fail. But like you were saying about the tango, it is moving forward. But unlike, but unlike a stage or film or any of those, you're not trying to return back to something. Like with, with stage, you just keep rolling. Yeah. You're just moving forward. Um, and even even more so this is improv as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Improv, improv. Yes. It's very improvisational. Um, yeah. And, but again, it's more for the audience than, than you. 
and and like you were, and like you were saying you you might have you know one or two things that you start this game and then mm-hmm. kind of in a way hand the ball off to them and it mm-hmm. becomes, and like you said they, it becomes their game and you're just playing their game at that exactly and, exactly. and then and then what i guess toward toward the end you eventually kind of like take the ball back or you just let them finish um a little bit of both sometimes okay. time runs out <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, yeah. straight up time runs out because uh, you're limited time with the prison. Um, if you, if you're by your usually what it is, it's like an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Like there's an ensemble wrap up. Um, at least with the prisons, usually it'll be like a close of maybe. I mean, I think with most things like the hospitals and prison, actually with every location, there's a climb up, 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 up with energy, mm-hmm. and then let's all decrease the energy down before we leave. So that yeah. there's not a like, everyone's going crazy. Um, so sometimes it's like a, a group song or the, and um, we'll let ev- everyone will participate. And then maybe like a goodbye song or like slow dance or something like that to, to exit out of those kinds of situations. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. The hardest but, thing are the clowns. That's right. the hardest thing. Right. Come back heard the clowns back they are right. they, they just just like they want to it's it's really hard to well <laughs> especially in a especially in a prison right yeah yeah because <laughs> they just go and yeah. there's so many games to play for yeah, sure. and, and you can't get too crazy there i i only I, i'm only intrigued because oh yeah in the in the army national guard i'm an mp in corrections for the oh, army cool. and so yeah i do um and so like like i said army national guard so that's like one week in a month, two weeks in the summer. But you know, in, uh, from 2014 to 2015, we we were in Kuwait. We were running a jail, and you know, there were situations where, you know, as the cadre, we're, we're called cadre, and mm-hmm. and our and our inmates were other U.S. military inmates. So oh, okay. you know, so you know, we're lucky. They're they're already military. There's there's already an element of discipline, military bearing, things of that nature. But it's it's like you're we're we're you you as this you as this uh performer and mm-hmm. you know just like me as a cadre you, you have yeah. to be well aware that there's so many things outside of this bubble they have no control over yeah they might get that one phone call a week and they're getting nothing but bad news and so yeah. and so us as cadre that breakfast lunch and dinner is probably the highlight of their days that yeah I, hour and a half of rec time, TV time, gym time is the highlight. There's like six highlights of the day and then that's it. And so back to like, I can only imagine, plus me being a performer and a filmmaker and artist. I can only imagine because, you know, okay. So going back to comedians. So I have a, I have a colleague of mine who, who, who's a comedian. Mm -hmm. He did a couple of, he did a couple open mics and he would, you know, try to get into his head. So, oh, I need some drinks to loosen up, man. My set, I'm telling you, my set's going to be so funny. And like you said, the second someone doesn't laugh at that first joke, you're like, shit, everything's out. There. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to botch it. I'm going to botch uh-huh. it. And so for me, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a comedian, but you know, I might, you know, if I'm doing this podcast, it's kind of like a live thing. And yeah. I kind of have like these ideas. And I have these points, but that's it. I don't get yeah. inside my head. I'm just going to rap with somebody. I'm going to rap with you. I might rap with you way differently than I rap with the, the guests that I had on previously. Sure. And it's just, it's just going to be me, you know, shooting the shit. And so as a comedian, you know what your jokes are. 
But comedians are storytellers. The best comedians, the best mm -hmm. comedians are on a stage with a mic. But when they start telling their story, I'm watching a movie inside my brain. Yeah. Even though this guy is just on stage, it's a Netflix special. He might have somewhat of a, of, of a, of a set piece, set design behind him, some sort of maybe staging or whatever, props mm -hmm. and stuff, maybe. But when he starts telling his story, I'm disappearing to like, you know, uh, freaking Brooklyn, 1980s Brooklyn, New York, a, a Jewish family having at it, or, you know, an Irish family in Boston screaming at each other. And I'm and yeah. I can like, and I can like uh, metamorph into this idea, this story. And so that's all comedians are. And, and so for you doing the, you're, you're, you're creating this moment, this universe, and just let it kind of naturally happen. Mm -hmm. like, but like you were saying, yeah, it's just like if you get into your own head yeah, and, 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 and you get locked into like this one thing has to work, it's yeah. not, it's not, yeah. but, if you, but if you just let it, if you just let it happen. So here, so here's the trick. So my same, yeah. my same buddy did a, did a Instagram live comedy set, just him and a Oh, mom. cool. That's great. And he, and uh, I'd say killed 50% of the time, half, half of his, half of his punchlines got got pops on um Instagram. oh yeah the like the like bubbles that come up and, <laughs> yeah you know and so then he can go back to that and he can start looking at things and seeing like mm -hmm. what worked and what didn't but he wasn't in front of an audience and, and it might be and so you know we'll, we'll address this later on is how like the situation is kind of changing things yeah oh, of course but he wasn't in his head <clears throat> he wasn't sitting there listening to laughs or no laughs he was just yeah. telling his, he was just telling his jokes the way he wanted to tell them Mm -hmm. And they actually came out funny and it's like work with that material. But, but now always 10 years from now, you're a big comedian. Always remember there is no audience. Just tell your story to like me, yeah. me, me and your other buddy. Yeah. And that's who your audience is. You know, like these tricks, <clears throat> imagine the crowds naked or imagine there is no audience or turn mm -hmm. on bright lights. You know, there's comedians that turn on really, really bright lights. Oh, this, yeah. Them. Yeah. And who, who is that? It was either Mitch Hedgeberg I love Mitch. Or somebody else. Just they wore sunglasses on stage the whole time. So they can't see nobody out there. Mitch did. Mitch he wore, wore sunglasses. sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. He wore sunglasses. Because, and and they were really dark <clears throat> sunglasses. Mm -hmm. See the crowd. So he's just up there just telling the story to maybe his mom or his brother or his or his homie. Yeah. And he's getting yeah. and he's and he's getting pops left and right. So Well, it's great that you brought that up because that well, one, that's awesome because uh, i have um with everything i haven't necessarily checked in on all the different ways people are adapting but i've kind mm -hmm. of <clears throat> checked into some and talked to other artists in different arenas but um the thing about you bring up as a comedian is is comedians are on stage but they're not the only ones who are telling a story the audience is always telling a story at the same time Mm -hmm. Like they're always a part of the performance, not just to the comedian, but for every other audience member there. So if you're sitting in the audience, the whole audience as an entity is also affecting your story. Mm -hmm. So that <clears throat> the story of the, 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 um, the comedian, um, and, uh, that's something I've been wanting to play with for sure is the fact that audiences are like when you go to a theater and you go see a performance, your experience it's a dialogue mm -hmm. it's a dialogue between the stage what's on the stage's story and the audience at all times 
the night and the story is going to play differently. In film, you can isolate and give it to the editor <laughs> mm -hmm. after the shots have been decided. And the editor is going to fit that together into that storyline. <clears throat> and the audience just kind of has to interpret, but they're no longer a dialogue. They're just viewing and consuming. Um, and it's interesting you bring up the comedian on IG is because just like we have some of these online, um, the fact that you can see those bubbles go up and get that dialogue again happening, which is interesting. I would personally like to have it where the audience is present while it's going on. So it's live and their feedback and their breath is again experienced by uh, the performer, even though they're in different spaces you know like <laughs> to hear like, that so like like the big like a big zoom window of the comedian and then like little windows of, of, mm -hmm. of watching exactly. around it maybe yeah exactly okay. exactly right. i think that'd be i think that I, what i love about doing something like that is not only is everybody aware of each other mm -hmm. and you can see them and you can ignore them but then they are also just like it's not like they're in the dark as an audience member. Like mm -hmm. you have to also realize that you're, <laughs> you're known and contributing and people are going to be pissed at you <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm offended. I'm offended. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Uh, it's exciting <laughs> though. I think a lot of this stuff is really, uh, I was already starting to try to, put something together and figure out a couple things and then this happened and I was like oh <laughs> this is kind of like the perfect uh, uh I've got this screenplay that I've been working on or or series rather and um the character is in isolation but not like there's no like apocalypse there's no loss of job or anything and i couldn't i was like why is this doesn't make any sense at all like i kept trying to come up like the story itself i just was like how did she get here though why is she here like why is this location and i was doing it purely for like ease <laughs> filming purposes but now with this i'm like i've got a perfect reason for her to be isolated she's yep. like she can be out there for mm -hmm. sure but it's cool. There's a lot more creativity. People like all these great filmmakers are no longer, <clears throat> I think, trapped by the pressures of expectation and budget. Mm -hmm. So yep. a lot of the things that they're interested in doing and, and audiences are just so much more tolerant and okay with, with um, things not being slick and, smooth and shiny like they're interested in these different like ways of shooting things and and ways of presenting things and um i don't know it's cool to see people that um normally are like i'm making these films this is great i'm getting paid a lot but it's not what i was hoping to create and now there's like the creating happening a lot more mm -hmm. i feel like for sure just talking to people like you were saying about that comedian doing it like he was able to tell his jokes the way he wanted to tell them that's kind of that's so cool right and <clears throat> and uh, you know uh 
that 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 guy and another guy you know we're we're kind of a trio um you know partners in our in our acting filmmaking music production branding we kind of the three of us work together mm-hmm. and uh you know one's a music one's a music producer and like a marketing manager branding social media promoter the cool. second the second guy the comedian is also an actor and a music producer and then myself cool. a filmmaker and actor and mm-hmm. so we, we we work, you know, we're devising a number of different independent projects, and mm-hmm. like six, uh, maybe even a year ago, um, I came up with two shows, a DC comic show and a Marvel comic show, but produced in such a way like the ID crime shows that that um, we've done. So, oh, cool. so you know, <clears throat> if, if Bruce Wayne went home, had a cocktail, and watched ID, those crime <laughs> shows be about Joker, Riddler, Penguin, whoever. We we chose more obscure characters for more of like a, like a like a fan like a fanboy thing. Um, everyone's done the Joker, so we're we're doing something different. And people are cool. like, wow, never heard of that guy. But but it's shot you know three talking heads against a green screen, like the the criminologist, the psychologist, the the mm-hmm. detectives or whatever. And then yeah. then there's the archive footage, which is really the comic yeah, book totally. panels, uh, <clears throat> uh, forensic sketches, which are. Uh, the, the comic book panels, archive photos might be, you know, stills from sets, um, dramatic reenactments, which I shot at, at Comic-Con shooting, uh, filming cosplayers. Oh, my, cool. As my dramatic reenactments. Spice nice. it together, got a voiceover artist as well. And it's just <laughs> like those crime shows, those ID crime shows. And, you know, we would, we would bicker back and forth. Well, why don't we, you know, find some angel investors and, and do this real. And I'm like, this is the vision. Yeah. This is the hack. I, I figured out a way to do an entire series for what? 500 bucks budget, a thousand dollars budget mm-hmm. by, by you guys. <clears throat> they come over, they do some of the talking heads. I did the talking heads. I did all the editing, mm-hmm. go to some comic cons, probably spent another 500 bucks f- throughout all these comic cons over the past year filming different. And then it was just a hack. Now this was done years ago. And, mm-hmm. and so it's now, now the colleagues are like, well, yeah, that's what we got to do now is what you were doing with that. And mm-hmm. we, uh, we found other hacks. You know, there's a, there's a short film that I'm doing. I'm doing it in kind of like a motion comic way. It's not, it's not, oh, cool. not a comic book story, <clears throat> but, but I'm doing it in a motion comic way. So I'm finding some stock photos. I'm taking some other photos of my, uh, uh, on my own, taking, taking my own photos, finding some other stock photos and kind yeah. of doing a motion comic to tell the story that could have been, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars short, but I'm going to do it for like 50 bucks as a motion. And yeah, you know, it's like these different hacks that, and I'm not trying to be like, Oh man, I thought of that years ago, but (laughs) you know, there, there was these things that I was trying to like do and pull off. And now it's the only way to do it right now. Yeah, exactly. and, And so live ig dj sessions the the same guy mm-hmm. that did the comedy show is going to be doing live dj sets on awesome. you know, what twitch facebook live youtube ig all these different things lined up and i'm able to direct and produce remotely through zoom mm-hmm. with other software and then send that out and so on and so forth and yada 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 and yeah. you know we're just finding ways to we're finding workarounds. We're finding production hacks and workarounds. Exactly. But, oh yeah. But that idea, a comedy show with all the attendees, I don't know, figure out a way to like have him on a big screen and then everybody mm-hmm. watch kind of like in a gallery or something. That's, <clears throat> that yeah. would be, that would be unique. But um, yeah, yeah. We'll try, 
try to figure that out. But, um, <laughs> oh, how, yeah. So how generally, I mean, I mean you kind of touched, touched upon it quite a bit, but how, how have you been inf- affected professionally by the quarantine? Uh, well, um, let's see. I, I think positively, the po- I was um, out in the field more right beforehand Mm -hmm. so i was gathering documentaries love so a lot of no money coming comes in from that just a lot of effort and passion and drives but Mm -hmm. a lot of filming for that um uh and then a lot of just being on set and then suddenly when this happened at and so it wasn't I wasn't putting as much time into personal projects and like creative projects. So it, um, you know, it made me have to hit the ground running in an, in areas that I hadn't been messing with for a while. Mm -hmm. So, um, I wasn't doing as much audio voiceover because I was just like, gotta be on set as much as possible. I got to do this documentary. Um, you know, and we kind of, we go in whatever direction that we think needs to be focused on at that time. Um, and I was, I had a lot of uh, acting stuff I was doing. So I was, uh, I was, I was already felt kind of stretched. So I was only doing like one audiobook a month. So very little. Oh, wow. um, and then, so I switched it up and was like, okay, get really <laughs> jump back in, try to contact any of my previous clients. And then, um, you know, uh, just start recording as much as possible. Uh, and so I had to change up. I mean, I already had an audio setup, a uh, home studio, but I didn't have, for instance, like source connect yet. Mm-hmm. It'd been something I'd put off for years. Um, because I usually go into the studio to record. Like when I do voiceover stuff, I usually go into the studio. So I was still doing that too, actually. But, um, suddenly I couldn't go into a studio. So the stuff that usually pays more and um uh you know usually has more variety in in voice play Mm -hmm. um which i really love doing like characters so um that was suddenly like oh (laughs) what do i do about this oh i guess i need to get and learn uh learn more about the software learn more about um being able to do like adr over <laughs> yeah. in my little tiny mm-hmm. dark dark space mm-hmm. and listen to somebody like I'm I'm on this podcast in LA and uh it it's funny I I've I've dealt with like in the studio you have the engineer tap you into the many clients and you know I've had as many as like 12 clients giving me feedback as I'm recording before but it's so much different <laughs> when you're like in your home in like your dark space that like I'm used to just recording for clients and sending out and just kind of being like there's something about something about um it was a transition for me to open up it felt like opening up my home to them suddenly and and um and also just just the learning curve <laughs> of using something new that you hadn't used before and and making sure that my like my volume 
level on my headphones to get them into me to hear their input was better. And, and then just using different, like I've previously for audio, I used to use pro tools back when I had that, but I don't have that anymore. So then for most audio, I use like, you know, like audacity or like twisted wave. And now I'm using logic pro, which I Mm -hmm. is a different, it's so different in its system, but it, it's so much better for, clients mm. who do film <laughs> yeah. so it's just a, you know it's a learning curve and also just like the things that I've put off like learning color correction are now in my vision like, of things to spend time doing that I that's probably do. like a big remote job right now and I've held off learning premiere for the longest and oh and premiere I, yeah and like I'm still using final cut you know final mm-hmm. cut x which is like you know, like uh, iMovie mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm pretty good with it, but everybody's doing Premiere and mm-hmm. for, for years, I think five, maybe three, two or three years, I, it's been, it's been on my agenda, learn Premiere mm-hmm. because yeah. that's, that's what everyone's going to. And I still haven't gotten around to it because, you know, there's still other things. Um, Final Cut just works. I'm just, I'm stuck in Final Cut, but I couldn't agree with you more. It's like, I got to, you know, I was lucky a while ago, like I said, I set up, you know, uh, the green screen. There's a green screen behind here. There's also a mm-hmm. white screen for self-submits. And then there's this set for the podcast. And, and yeah. easily, you know, fold this or, or slide that. And then the green yeah. screen and the white screen are on curtains. And so I set all that up. So it's like green screen for this or white screen for that or whatever. Sure. And then um, there's a simple mic, mic setup and stuff like that. And I put foam in these walls and, and, mm-hmm. and, and so, but there's always these tiny little tweaks to make things better, 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 better. And then come, come to find out this audio is fine. Like, could I just record a voiceover with this headset? Because this audio is kind of all right, mm. but probably not. And, <clears throat> you know, you gotta like. You gotta know what your client's going for, right, <laughs> who yeah. your client is, you know, exactly. like, that's all. That, I was talking to somebody who's uh, about to do a podcast and I was like, for podcasts, the mics you have are fine. Don't go spend a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually people's problem is they get into something and they buy. And you know this. It's like it's like you shoot. If you if you get a mic that's better than the space, <laughs> right? Then don't do that. Get a <laughs> mic that's equal to your space because that mic is going to pick up everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. everything. I think that's usually. It's just like yeah. It's like watching one of those films where the, they just put no effort into the audio. <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> I yeah. don't know how much longer I can watch this. Yep. It's just, um, yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done a couple of installs and setups for some podcasts. And like money, oh, was, cool. dump, money was dumped into these studios. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Howard Stern level uh, set. And nothing <clears throat> from it. And I got <laughs> and I got a laptop, I got a gaming headset, and mm-hmm. a fifty dollar webcam. Yeah, and, and and it's about simplicity. Like, wh- yeah. I, I can't have this big mic in front of my face, and then all these. Yeah, walls. and then and then a, and then a mixing board. Mm-hmm. It's just you know plug and play, plug and play. But yeah. again, but again, but nowadays a podcast on this production level, webcam, laptop cam, iPhone cam, uh, you know, webcam and gaming headset. It's acceptable right now, yeah. Because people people are suspending their disbelief and suspending their ex, suspending their <clears throat> big expectations. 
Mm-hmm. They still want the content. They still want to like yeah. learn, learn and hear from people and discover new things. But it's like quarantine style, uh, mm-hmm. shut in style, you know, social distanced style. So mm-hmm. it's more acceptable now. And say you get some traction, say you get some following, say you make a few mm-hmm. extra bucks, that can be put into a bigger thing later. And when the floodgates open, and we can get into this later, but the floodgates open and then it's like all the effort we put in to more mm-hmm. of creating, not, le- not so much investing, but, mm-hmm. ju- but just, the, just the honest content and the honest yeah. creativity can then get turned into more budgeted, more better produced. Mm-hmm of that content and oh yeah 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 you're absolutely right yeah i think i think exactly like the fact that you bring that up is is another way in this like being kind of awesome like like i all the projects that uh i've had in my head of doing it's not that i have more time i'm gonna be very clear i've been very busy and i'm like you know trying to make a hustle all the time but i I suddenly have this kind of, well, there's no, um, there's no commute. So I guess I do have a little, little more time than I used to. <laughs> um, but just the, the willingness to go, Oh, you know what? I used to like to like put together projects that were personal. Like you talking about the, <clears throat> your group, like I'm part of a couple, um, sketch writing groups and, um, sketch teams. And, um, everyone's been weary about doing film versions of it and I'm always like we gotta film this stuff guys we gotta like do do it so it's on film and I was like but now now everyone's like oh yeah let's film it so finally they're on board kind of like you were talking about this is what we're doing and they're like well I guess it's acceptable now Mm -hmm. the other thing with that with those things is is it's creating more trust by creators of their audiences which creates better content you know Mm -hmm. bad content is is stuff that doesn't trust the audience and the audience's imagination. You know, there's too many lines explaining exactly what they were thinking when they already showed you what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, <clears throat> it's so exciting that like, I personally feel like as we transition out, it's going to also transition those that might invest lots of money in things and be a lot more weary of going out of a formula. Mm-hmm. To be like, oh, wait a minute, people, <laughs> audiences like having to think and mm-hmm. like having to use their imaginations, even if they're seeing and having all these sensories affect them, they're still enjoy using their imagination. Like that yeah. kind of trust in the audience, I think, is going to come out of this for sure. Yeah. So, and, and exactly. So there's this, there's this horror trick or action film trick. Mm. You, you know the scene where a victim mm-hmm. is going to get executed at gunpoint by the bad guy, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. they, cut, they cut to the bad guy's face. You see the flash of the gun go off, but it, the, 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 the glint of the light on the bad guy's face, maybe a little bit of blood splatter. Mm-hmm. Instead, instead of doing all this CGI or, all, yeah. or, or this big head blowing up and this big gun gun going off it's a close-up of the bad guy's face right Mm -hmm. and it's so and and the gun's off down here you see a Mm -hmm. flash of the gun muzzle and some blood splatter that costs five bucks doing this big practical head blowing up or cgi for thousands Mm -hmm. of dollars of cg hundreds of thousands of dollars cgi Mm -hmm. you know 
And so that's that old indie film, low budget film, you know, horror trick, action trick, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so there's always that, you know, workaround. That's a production hack. And so mm -hmm. people, so people are progressing, continually progressing on these production hacks of mm -hmm. what's a workaround, you know, yeah. of, of, you know, well, can't really shoot a guy on camera. We have no money for like, you know, a prosthetic head or this big mm -hmm. head or, or whatever. And so there's that simple trick, you know, mm -hmm. it's this long, the guy's begging for his life and there's all this tension, all this tension. And then they cut to the guy's face and that even adds more drama to the scene. When Definitely. You, when, you cut Definitely. The, when you cut to the guy's face and he has no emotion, you're like, this guy is a sick son of a bitch. No, no <laughs> yeah. emotion, a little bit of blood splatter on his face, the flash mm -hmm. of the puzzle. And then like, that's what this guy does. All that, this yeah. guy's a dangerous dude. And, and that adds even more instead if it was a wide and you, you, you saw the guy's head blow up. I mean, oh, sure. that's gross and that's violent and that's intense and shocking, mm -hmm. but it doesn't add character. It doesn't add, it doesn't add character to the character, I guess. Yeah. It's like an instantaneous versus mm -hmm. something that lingers with the audience. Mm -hmm. Like if you go to the close up, you're going to be thinking about that person's psychology and mm -hmm. you're going to think about how they affect you. Whereas if you see a blow up, it, it, it like happens, but then it's gone. Right. Whereas and, like, you're right. Yeah. The character carries. And, and this is way right. more powerful mm -hmm. and it's, and it's cheaper budget wise. So yeah. Two hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, Halloween yeah. is a really mm -hmm. good example of not having to be all gory and, and being terrifying. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that the whole thing is like a big workaround. Yeah. That movie. You, you see huge, you see two big, huge differences between Halloween 1979 and Halloween two 1981, where the whole hospital, <laughs> it was just gore fest, blood, yeah. throat slit, mm -hmm. uh, you know, knives in the eyes, fires, explosions. But the first one. First one's terrifying. It's just shadows. Yeah, yeah. They called, he was called the figure. Mm -hmm. Michael Myers was known as the figure, and that's what they ran with. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was the figure or the shadow. I think it was the figure. I and, think you're right, the figure. Yeah, and it was just a babysitter in a dark room looking around, mm -hmm. and it's like those slow shots. What's that? What's the? What's that other movie? Um. Uh, oh, 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 the following. Oh, where, where, where these. Where, there, where these demons would follow this girl and they had to have and someone would have to have sex to pass it off to the next person it really it was really, oh, huh. really an allegory for stds but, with, <laughs> but within the yeah. movie there's just this there's just this thing there's just this person following them i think oh, it's cool. oh no it follows it follows it's called oh. is what it's called okay. and it's frightening man because you got like a a a, a a, a girl and a boy walking this way, but in between them, far behind them, you see just somebody walking, following them. And that per and that the person following them is blurry, scary as shit, no CGI, no blood and gore, mm -hmm. and character development, and then yeah. and, and, and universe building and what this mm -hmm. thing is and why it's doing what it's doing. Mm -hmm. But then if you look deep into deeper into it, it's really an allegory about STDs, but it is, it is intense. And there is a couple of, there is a couple of CGI things where like mm -hmm. there's something in the water you can't see and you can see the water moving. So it's like an invisible sure. deal, but, <clears throat> but um, yeah, it's just like these production hacks. Like how do we make a scary movie and, 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 yeah. and, and with, with, with five bucks and it's yeah. like, you know, Halloween one, <laughs> it follows. Mm -hmm. We only have one costume. Mm -hmm. Only one costume. <laughs> well, I got this. Can't get it too well, dirty. I got this William Shatner mask. Uh, <laughs> paint it white. 
<laughs> scary ass looking mask. Though. Oh, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. Um, Blair Did Witch. you do that for something? Oh, Blair, oh, no, 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 Blair no, no. Witch um, was so cheap. No, how, uh, Michael Myers mask is a, is a Star Trek William Shatner mask. Captain Kirk mask. And they spray painted it, it white. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So, yeah, like in the 70s, you know, they had like Spock masks. I didn't know. It was, yeah. And, wow. And, I didn't realize it was Shatner. Mm-hmm. And so it was Shatner and they spray painted it white. And that was, and that became freaking huh. Michael Myers mask. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't realize that's where the mask was from. <laughs> that is scary. <laughs> and, 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 and again, another little hack. They were like, well, um, they didn't come up with a hockey mask for, for, for they came up with a hockey mask. Mm-hmm. That became iconic for Jason. <clears throat> oh, I know. Yeah, a hockey mask. Well, this is good. yeah, it, 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 not 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 a catcher's not a not a baseball catcher's mask or 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 a lacrosse ma- lacrosse mask. Not a uh, not a welder's mask. No, a hockey mask. Mm-hmm. Freaking <laughs> freaking frightening. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just these little production hacks. I mean, well, oh yeah. In in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, it was a. Uh, it was like a potato sack with holes punched into it. But in part three is when he grabbed oh, yeah. a, part three, he grabbed a hockey mask. Yeah. But, and, but that became the iconic mask. The, definitely place, iconic. You know? Yeah. And like, you know, a William Shatner mask painted white, uh, just a hockey mask. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of creativity in nightmare on the Elm street. Now nightmare on the Elm street was bigger budgeted, but like knives for knives on a glove. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. tricky, but, you know, that might be a little bit more expensive to like, you know, sew that together, kind of design that. But yeah, still, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, like really thinking outside the box of coming up with like these bizarre things. Mm-hmm. But, um, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Um, do you, do you, uh, follow, wait, there's cursing on your show. Do you have cuss words? Is there oh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you follow Shitty Rigs at all? The 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 IG that... for Shitty Rigs? No, but I will. Oh, it's so fun. Shitty... It's 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 just people figuring workarounds for like lack of tools in production. <laughs> yeah, it is one uh-huh. of the funnest things to watch. There's some just amazing uses of gaff tape and then yesterday i saw something weird where they had it like in the roll itself to try to make some kind of swivel it's it and then there's some really great clever ones that i've i've been like oh shoot i'm gonna use that one that looks great but yeah especially if you look up when they're like trying to shoot from a moving car and things like that Uh it's really really fun um yeah a a good one to watch is uh the making of extraction with a Thor, Chris Lemsworth, Chris, mm-hmm. Chris Lemsworth. He, he, uh, they just came out with this movie extraction <clears throat> and the movie is famous for two really long single shot scenes. And it's like a mm-hmm. 15 minute, 20 minute single <clears throat> shot. Really it's a collection of different shots perfectly kind of melded together. But the director himself is on the hood of a car with a camera shoulder rig camera on the hood of a car <laughs> and he the, the the car he's sitting on high speed chase following the the lead car the lead character's car and then it stops and this guy could have had his shins just smashed if something went wrong but it didn't so both cars stop he gets and someone's holding a strap on his back 
So when the car stopped, the guy holding the strap lets go. He kind of like just with momentum gets off the hood, walks up to the Leeds car, hands the camera off to somebody in the back seat of the Leeds car, and then Chris Lunsworth turns around and he's like, oh shit. And it's like the craziest little way they came up to do like these slick single take scenes. Oh, wow. But shitty rigs. Yeah. I, I, I remember uh, shit like 15, no, 10 years, maybe 10 years ago or, or, or more. I was working on National Treasure 2, uh-huh. Book of Secrets, in D- when they were shooting in D.C. at the, the Library of Congress. Uh-huh. And, of course, it's raining outside, but they want Video Village set up outside because it's an exterior shot. Uh, okay. So they had, you know, four of these pop-up tents, but they were missing these binders to bind these pop-up tents to one big pop-up tent. So, of course, gaff tape, gaff tape, gaff tape, uh-huh. all the legs that were connecting the four pop-ups and then so there's these little seams right so rain's still Mm -hmm. coming in like across because it's four pop-ups to make a square but really it's a it's a it's a cross in the middle with a seams so we Mm -hmm. just put like cones like no one can sit here it's gonna rain's gonna drip here so a cone here a cone here a cone there and then we set up the chairs just you're gonna get rained on if you sit here so don't sit here Mm -hmm. and someone comes (laughs) up is this gaff tape and i'm like dude and, and someone started giving us a rash of shit. Like, did you freaking gaff tape this shit together? And like, bro, this has been here for seven <laughs> hours and it hasn't fucking moved. So shut up. <laughs> you know, all right, all right. So, shitty rigs, man. Shitty rigs. You should check it out. It's so good. Oh, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have oh. a shitty rig story? I'm sure I do. I just don't, can't think of one right. I feel like there's been probably a million of them, but I don't, can't think of one right now. I was watching, um, oh, I was just thinking of like watching, uh, I was watching behind the scenes of like random films. I like to watch a lot of the behind the scenes for Chinese films because the first set I ever worked on was uh, with an all Chinese crew except for the gaffers. Uh, who came out from LA and some of them and oh and the crew only spoke Chinese <laughs> wow, uh, okay. but the gaffers spoke some English um, so I kind of just was like with the gaffers for most of the time but <clears throat> the director was telling me a story through somebody else because he uh, was a pretty big uh, director in China and he shot a lot of like historic films and uh and he was just so he was talking about like uh the fact that like they shoot for tw- on his sets they just shoot for 24 hours they just keep shooting and people would just kind of like switch out and fall asleep on set Jesus. like crew and stuff cuz cuz our set was kind of like that this first one I, was that cuz they were shooting in DC um but anyway, because of talking to him, I've started watching a lot of behind the scenes for Chinese films. And some of these ones, you'll watch these, you'll <laughs> watch these DPs just get like strapped to like cranes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Not like in regular, stru- <laughs> regular thing. And they'll just be swinging up and back and it's just it's some of the wildest stuff i've watched these guys because it's not a couple of them aren't big budget necessarily or they've just rigged something Mm -hmm. on this crane 
uh, versus an actual like professional rig. And it's oh, yeah. just kind of wild to watch him do it. But um, also the behind, have you watched any of the behind the scenes for um, Game of Thrones? I haven't even seen Game of Thrones. I haven't seen Game of Thrones either. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of behind the scenes, but there's this one where Never, they're doing... Nevertheless, behind the scenes, I've never even seen the show. Oh, yeah. Behind the scenes is the way to go. I haven't okay. seen the show. I haven't seen the show. Only behind the scenes. So the DPs, they're doing this, this war scene and the guy's running and there's an explosion and stuff. They've got the, um, the cameras on a dolly and, and, and they're going, or the, the track, and... The, the the driver he like jumps over a bush as he's rolling uh the dolly it's like it's so wild to watch just like in oh god there's some really good ones from game of thrones um there's another one from i think 1970 uh 1972 that war film or 76 that war film that just came out a few i think last year it's they're showing the explosion 1917 yes uh holy cow yeah look at the behind the scenes of they do that one shot i, I did running. see that one shot when he was oh. running down the beach mm-hmm. and everything was blowing up the, yeah the, the yeah. shells were following him oh yeah yeah i saw i did see that one shot yep yeah game of Incredible. thrones is other one where it's they drop in through the ceiling and the timing has to be just there's just so much i haven't that show just must have just been special effects and stunts like watching the behind the scenes is just all this like specific don't screw up your timing or else that person's just in the hospital for a week like there's just so oh god it's so it's it's cool and then they were showing um like tossing dirt one guy following the camera guy tossing dirt to do this (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's a green buck pail and Mm -hmm. a green shovel i was like that's like so dub, but at he's the in, same he, time, I wouldn't have thought of him. He's in a he's in a green suit with a green pail, and he's throwing Just dirt. Throwing yeah. dirt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Throwing dirt. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, so good. Yeah. I was like, I, I can throw dirt here. Like like that like back to battle scenes. I worked mm-hmm. on this. I worked on this. I, I was a, I was an actor. I acted in this PBS docudrama about. Uh, it's called The Sultan and the Saint. Oh, and cool. It's about. Uh, a saint some some saint that went to uh persia somewhere and talked to the sultan and there was it was during the crusades and he was trying and this one saint was really trying to prevent a big battle which ended up being a big crusade battle there and he mm-hmm. failed, he failed i think but um <laughs> but there was this big you know because i think uh english were invading persia and persians were fighting back and um uh, I forget what the ter- I, I can't remember the term now, but th- they eventually become Muslim. Oh, jeez. Anyway, so anyway, mm-hmm. so I am I'm this king's guard. I'm mm-hmm. like the, I'm like this king's sergeant guard, and then later on, there's this huge battle outside this palace, and basically the stunt guy had ten fighting combos written mm-hmm. out. It says, "You two come here. This is your combo," and our combo was. I would do an overhand slash with a sword, then mm-hmm. a jab with a sword, both mm-hmm. blocked, and, and, and my, my partner would block both. And then he would do the same exact move to me, I would block both. And then we would slam shields, mm-hmm. turn 180 degrees, so now I'm on the, I'm on the opposite side, he's on this side. Mm-hmm. Same exact moves, slam shields, turn. Somebody, mm-hmm. else, somebody, else, somebody else had like a six move combo, 
a different one. Somebody else had a six move combo, totally different mm-hmm. up to 10 couples. So that's 20 actors. Mm-hmm. And it looked like complete and utter chaotic fighting. Yeah. But when you, when you chop it down like that, and then you have mm-hmm. these people do this thing, you have this people do this thing. And then we were bumping into them. Mm-hmm. They're, all, they're all plastic swords. They're all plastic swords and shields. We're bumping into them. So there might be that one little added, like, I might elbow this person off me. They might elbow me off of them. Mm-hmm. There's that added little extra chaos. But even, yeah. though all, even all this is choreographed, it <clears throat> looks freaking chaotic. And, yeah. And it looked amazing in, in, the, in, the, in the film that came out. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, finding the, and that is what production is. It's just a bunch of little different hacks to pull off a feel because, again, you have to rely on the audience's suspension, mm-hmm. suspension of disbelief. And, and, and the audience, the audience now telling a story and really kind of like delving themselves into this story. And, and yeah, it yeah. starts, it starts with me just accepting what I'm watching is real. I mm-hmm. have to, I have to accept what, what I watch is real. That's why my wife will never enjoy this stuff. Because the first, <laughs> first thing out of her mouth, I tell her what something, I tell her what something's about. And she goes, that could never happen. I'm like, we're not watching it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, even though she, even though she's a, the biggest Game of Thrones fans in the world, I'm like, oh yeah. A woman gives birth to dragons and she goes, well, that stuff really happened. I'm like, no, it didn't. Well, that, she's like, well, that medieval stuff happened. I'm like, the medieval stuff happened, but there's no ice zombies and dragons. And she goes, yeah, well, that's just a fun part. And I'm like, okay, but you can't watch Marvel movies with me and Star Wars movies with me. Come on. Oh, my gosh. So, oh, oh, and my favorite argument with Star Wars is, look, they tell you right here. It's based on a true story. It's in a galaxy far, far, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It happened millions of years ago in a distant galaxy. And eventually you find out how they came to Earth. And then they started the human population on Earth. But it happened a long time ago, far away. And she goes, <laughs> what? And I'm like, I'm just breaking I'm just you. But, but you have to, like, you're not going to enjoy it if you're not willing to accept what you're watching mm-hmm. is real. And so, you know, like with Star Wars and with Game of Thrones, you know, mm-hmm. mention your disbelief first. You as yes. an audience member have to go in willingly. Okay, what I'm about to watch is real. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it, then hopefully it's up to the filmmakers to not have terrible acting, terrible sound, yeah. terrible CGI. If you have a mm-hmm. shitty looking dragon, then oh, I'm going to yeah. be like, Goodbye. no, no, it's not real anymore. <laughs> but but if you have if you find like these camera tricks to cut around the fake dragon, right? Like Jaws. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. S- Spielberg could not get that freaking shark to work. So he did yeah. it very Hitchcockian and mm-hmm. he found all the camera tricks and the music and, and blood in the water, blood surrounding the mm-hmm. swimmer's legs. And that is what dragged you in. Holy shit, this is real. This is insane. Yeah. Where's the shark? Oh, because mm-hmm. what are you going to see during a shark attack? You're not going to be underwater and be able to see a shark in ocean water, but you might yeah. see the fin and you always saw that mm-hmm. fin coming, uh, the shark, shark, shark fin coming. Yeah. And then finally, when you see that shark and that line, we're going to need a bigger boat. Like, holy shit. And then it's like, <laughs> all hell breaks loose because of the culminating ending. But yeah, you, you know, yeah. you were, you were dragged into that whole movie because it was about how, you know, the government, uh, the government failed to clear the, clear the town and the sheriff mm-hmm. was freaking out and it's all about the people screaming at each other and then the parents of victims screaming mm-hmm. at the sheriff and then they go on this hunt and they don't see it they don't see it for yeah. hours. And then it's about those these people getting drunk on the boat during their mm-hmm. hunt and then the last 10 minutes is like boom all shit all, all hell breaks loose you know shit hits fan and there's the big ass shark and blah 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 and mm-hmm. the shark and then 
Oh yeah. The climactic <laughs> battle. But again, back to like, you know, production hacks and trying to make things work, but definitely always. Yeah. So <laughs> with always. that, with, with that in mind, speaking of production hacks, how about some, how about some life hacks? How you been, how you, how have you been inf- affected by this personally? Hmm. I, I guess not. Again, I, I think from being a resourceful person and always on the go, um, I will say that I think I'm more, I've connected more with people than I have in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> like I, I am on so, I think I have, I have to say no more currently. I have to, it's like I'm having to say, oh, no, 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 that's too much for me. A lot more than I was before because it's like full access all the time mm-hmm. and everyone expects that. So, um, and, and people, because everyone seems, not everyone has the luxury or um, good fortune to necessarily be working right now or have the opportunity to work right now. There's, there's such an influx and then some people are, are isolated by themselves. So there's definitely an influx of people wanting to connect. Mm-hmm. So for me anyway, as far as people go, it's like, there's a lot more, Hey, Hey, what's going on? How are you? Hey, do you want to go to this meeting or Hey, do you want to do that? Um, I mean, again, I would say that creative creativity is, is what's come to me the most is, um, I'm part of this LA writers group that has made me just a lot more gentle and more seeking to fail at things, Mm -hmm. which is great because I just want to succeed at things. So being more interested in failures, like cleared up my writer's block, you know, and um, I do tea studies. So like there's, I got to participate because people are finding alternative work, all these workarounds instead of going to the tea room in DC and just being with that small community. Instead, they did the same tea gathering, but worldwide. So it went for like 22 hours and you could kind of check in and it was different parts of the world doing the Tamais. So it was a cool kind of, it's cool to see how people are, you know, like linking up. I've got a lot of friends that are musicians that have been doing these, these living room shows. So kind of like connecting with them and then people I haven't talked to in years and years and different, um, creative people just kind of like reaching out. Um, so for me personally, I, I feel like as far as it's impacting me, uh, it's been very freeing in some ways. Um, at the same time, though, there there's also those that uh, I also am, am finding myself being like, I'm still working. <laughs> I part of me wishes I wasn't working. Just <laughs> like some of you, is like, I mean, I don't wish that, but I'm very I'm very thankful. But I have sometimes I'm feeling a little overwhelmed by uh, the insinuation from some of my lovely friends to be like, shouldn't we be hanging out on the zoom? And I'm like, right. I-, I have a meeting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a meeting to go to or, yeah. or the expectation 
or some of the expectation from different works or creative groups that I'm a part of with timelines being like, well, you should have plenty of time. You know, like, why can't you have it to me by tomorrow? And I'm like, not that. No. <laughs> and you said before, yeah, we're, we're cutting out the commute. So maybe we can get maybe one and a half things done. Yeah. But so, not. So, you know, we, we, we had this pot, we had this podcast scheduled and mm -hmm. never before did I think I'd be able to run upstairs, grab my baby, start tickling them, you know, and play, <laughs> playing with them, change the, the shittiest diaper I've ever seen in the world, change his clothes, uh, keep, you know, tickle, tickling them and playing with them and making them giggle, mm -hmm. nuke some food, <clears throat> make a cup of coffee, eat that, and then be back on set in time to uh record an episode with you yeah before it would be like grab a clip bar jump in the car probably be five minutes late to the freaking studio or something right oh yeah to the oh set my god we don't have tra our traffic and there you, is you no know? traffic yeah and there is no traffic so if there is that <laughs> thing to have to drive to traffic right now oh, right oh my gosh yep oh we're here like i left four <laughs> hours oh, i was on this one shoot and I remember being like, I can't believe this. I'm, I'm good friends with, I'm really good friends with the entire crew. So good. And I'm always early. So it was like one of those times where I was like, well, I know he won't fire me at least. But I was like, I swear, Brandon, I left where I would have two hours. I was going to be two hours early. And he was like, don't worry about it. And what I learned was that the traffic was so bad everyone on crew was a half an hour late. Mm -hmm. So it was like one of those things where I was like, <laughs> is, it, oh. it, is this, is this Brandon with uh, the sirens and story house? And, no, and no, this stuff? is with the uh, simpatico media media in uh, simpatico in, um, in Baltimore, the Baltimore yeah. independent. Yeah. Yeah. I know them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, but uh, yeah, there, there's been times, you know, uh, I've been an AD and been late to set. And mm -hmm. that's a bad look. And I've, in, in, oh, you know, yeah. for starting off. And so when, when I joined, when I, when I joined the national guard and got into the military and really got that kind of discipline, like, mm -hmm. you know, knock stuff out ahead of time make sure you, you, you know, put your, put your clothes out the night before da, da, mm -hmm. da, and all these little, all these little life hacks so that you're, you're up and out, you know, load the car the night before all these little simple, oh, yeah. simple things that you mm -hmm. might not have known just as an, uh, as an adult or, or as a, or, or as a college grad, but the military really like puts a lot of uh, <clears throat> muscle memory of these things that you never thought would help. And so still there's times I say 10%, I'm, I'm calling up, you know, the AD or the AP or something. I'm, and, and I'm like, uh, GPS is uh, you know, 15 <laughs> minutes late. And I'm like, don't worry about it. And I get there and I'm still like one of the, one of the earlier people <laughs> in 15 minutes. Like, oh, it's so, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's the, it's and the, everyone's the like, DMV. oh God, I know. Oh, we're just yeah. not made for it. Yeah. But yeah. I love that you mentioned that like it is, you can get so much done. Like this morning I woke up, I woke up. The first thing I did was, uh, I had to edit some, oh, I shot, I shot like a self tape. Then I edited audio that I needed to turn in and then I like went to a writer's meeting. Mm -hmm. Then I walked my dog. Then my brother's a photographer uh, and I'm quarantined with him. So yay. Um, so he was doing a photo, a product photo shoot. And then I was like, Hey, I have to shoot 
this drone scene, et cetera. And then I need <laughs> a, like a mid like sh running shot. So I went and shot that. I had a whole costume, <laughs> this crazy costume on before I met with you. So we went and shot that and then I came back. And then after this, I have something else to shoot mm -hmm. and then some more audio to edit. It is nice to be like, all just right there that you can like it's like all in in like grabbing distance yeah right now which is uh <laughs> I'm, who, gonna, I'm gonna miss <laughs> who knows what kind of product productivity i would have if you know me and the wife brought the baby boy home february 20 well <gasps> well he was born february 29th but yeah we brought a baby boy home march 4th and wow. so but and so that's what our hands have been full with for this whole quarantine. But uh, you know, who knows what I'd be pulling off if I was still a bachelor at my old place, you know? But oh, sure. But I'm 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 but I'm still knocking out a lot of stuff and hands on with this kid, you know. And yeah. But the beauty of it, and I've and I've mentioned this probably every single episode I talk about I talk about him and my wife. But mm. you know, me and her have been lucky enough to see every little micro advancement of this kid you know a lot of people yeah. you know for the last 40 years it's been like did you see the first walk did you hear the mm -hmm. first word what did he say mommy daddy and we're saying like we're seeing him going from smiling to like kind of like sort of laughing to like full giggles yeah to, to like kind of having reactionary verbal responses not not words but you know we say something to him and he goes ah <laughs> or something like that and and that's actually like a word to him right now and we're yeah. seeing we're seeing every little micro oh, advancement so and growth as as opposed to just and, and not to knock not to knock the old generations and the old normal but it's not just going to be the first step or the first word mm -hmm. but it's like he's trying to touch our face but it's really like he's like backhanding us but you can tell he's trying to like reach out and touch us Mm -hmm. and or and he's like headbutting us but really that's his way of like hugging us you know mm -hmm. and like leaning his head on us and we're realizing we're, we're seeing the evolution of his neck growth you know his <laughs> neck strength you know like he couldn't keep his head up but now <clears throat> but now we can just pick him up and we don't have to cradle his head because he's holding his head up straight and it's like oh. these little micro advancements yeah as they're as they're happening instead of like realizing you know by going to work every day realizing oh shit the kid's 10 pounds heavier we're watching every pound you know and, yeah and oh, yeah. You know, and for and for us it is i feel it's more impactful and more memorable because you know we're keeping a log there's apps for that shit now oh, yeah, modern, yeah. modern technology, technology. <laughs> you're not having to remember to write right <laughs> yeah, right awesome. so yeah awesome. i mean it's it's um and, and and i'm still but 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 back to productivity yeah i'm still finding a way to like knock this out on Mondays and knock this out on Tuesdays and stay. Productive. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not six shoots a day like you, but maybe one <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a juggling act, whatever, it, yeah. whatever I am being creative when I can for sure. But gosh, I'm sorry. I'm very one. Congratulations. Oh, That's like amazing that you have a child so young. So right there. Um, I, gosh, I'm so happy for you because I mean, I know, when I was growing up, the first three years of my life and the first, I guess, 
two years or four years of my life and two years of my brother, we lived in the same building as my dad's office on the upstairs. And he had, he's a chiropractor and he had only one adjusting room, which had a swinging door, which swung into our kitchen. So my parents, those first years had a similar thing that you're experiencing right now where we were there like all the time. Even when my dad was at work, maybe we'd push the door open and interrupt, you know, those kinds of, and my parents talk, I don't have any children's, but my parents always talked about just like how just incredible that opportunity was for them to have mm -hmm. that. Yeah. That's so cool that you get that. That's so cool. That, oh my gosh. And so little, what is that like a month old, two he's, months? He's, he's uh, two months, maybe nine weeks coming up on wow. 10 weeks. Maybe. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> so, yeah. So, cool. so, so it's definitely, you know, something that's been keeping, you know, we, we get a little stressed out for different reasons, but we're mm -hmm. not stressed out like cabin fever quarantine wise. We're, yeah. It's, it's like, uh, you've got an entertainer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, mm -hmm. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll segue right into, uh, okay. you know, another, another point is, uh, what do you, what have you been watching? Any movies, any series you've been binge watching? And, uh, oh, yeah, that question was really hard by the way. <clears throat> um, uh, I would, I, um, I have a hard time watching things without watching them, uh, critically <laughs> or for a learning purpose <clears throat> as you probably have that sometimes or all yep. the time. Um, I'm reading a book called bird by bird, which is really helpful for writers. Um, which yeah, it's very easy read and nice. Haven't finished it yet. But as far as watching, I would say the two things that um, I've rewatched, I start, I watched during and then rewatched um, is a Korean film called Stranger. And then a Japanese two, uh, two, two films called one's called Blue Indigo. The other one's called the pornographer or the novelist, depending on what the translation is. <clears throat> and um, you know, the Korean one, it's the way the, the acting's great, but it's the way it's shot that's so, in, like, I like the lighting, the way they lit that. I, I've watched it, like, several times because I really enjoy the way they've lit it. And the story's fun. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like a series drama. Um, you know, like, suspenseful, corruption, all that kind of stuff. And then um, the pornographer and novelist, what's so, I keep watching, I, I probably have actually watched that four times, is they're very short episodes, but every episode could live by itself. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't have to watch the next episode. You could just, and they're not <clears throat> like disjointed or like separate stories, but they're just, it's, I, I personally think the it's well written and edited where it, it really can stand alone. Each one has a very clear arc. Each one has a very, just um you can invest in the character immediately and and walk away from it being like oh i just experienced this <clears throat> this journey in this yeah. scene mm -hmm. and i think all the actors do a really good job of you can see them as tensegrities you really can see the the constant um expand contract on space and in themselves and just the multi layers that I think the acting's really great and it just it's very clear that they're multi-dimensional and that both 
like history and struggle are constantly affecting the world and each character. And, um, and it's, it's hard to find, I find it very difficult to find things that can be that are short. Cause I think that a lot of episodes are like 10, 13 minutes, mm -hmm. something crazy like that, where it's a night, it's a clean isolated arc. Um, and I, <clears throat> I think Aaron Sorkin does a really good job of having through lines through his, um, like core wounds really carry through, um, his work. Um, and these, these, the, at least the Japanese film, I think has a really nice clear following every scene. Clearly the care, the actors did their homework. And I think the script also lends itself to those, those, those driving objectives throughout the whole, um, the whole film. Yeah. That's what I've watched. I, I, <laughs> it took me a while because I've watched a lot mm -hmm. since being quarantined. I try to watch something every day or read something every day. If, even it's, if, even if it's a little bit short, just to try to stimulate, um, even really bad work is worth watching sometimes to either see what not to do or to find, uh, some gems that work in it yeah for sure so i have been trying to do that okay yeah yeah blue indigo the pornographer aka the novelist yeah okay. yeah it's a little racy um okay. it's a little racy uh it's not for <laughs> i guess 18 and under i don't know okay sure, sure, i sure. watch stuff i probably shouldn't have watched much younger than that yeah. so i don't know <laughs> yeah i'm a big nostalgia guy so over christmas break uh, my wife's favorite holiday movie. No, my wife's Jewish. However, she loves Elf. Um, oh, gosh. Elf so is actually funny. really funny when you revisit it again. Oh, yeah. It is funny. Mm -hmm. It's funny. And I was trying to get fine Scrooged. Couldn't, oh, couldn't gosh. I love it. that film. That is my favorite. So That's my good. Top three favorite Christmas movies. You know, a Christmas story uh -huh. is like, you know, a classic. Home Alone's great. But Scrooge, by far, I think is Scrooge, my number Scrooge, yeah. My number you one couldn't Christmas. find it? Until freaking uh, like two weeks ago on Tubi, it's uh -huh. on Tubi, but uh -huh. I guess I didn't start a Tubi account until <laughs> just recently because because Tubi uh, that's a whole other story. I've I've talked about this on the show before. Tubi's got um, Full Moon Features channel and the eighty. Oh, you remember Full Moon Features? Yeah, I do. Puppet Master, Dollman, yeah. Dancers. Mm -hmm. Those 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 are like my favorite films on. Um, I, I, I don't want to date you and I'm clearly dating myself, but you remember like, you know, monster theater and action and, and action cinema on channel 50 or channel 54 or like DC 20. Uh, like I a, don't remember stations. Uh -huh. Um, uh, I remember some of those I, and I, and I will also, it's, it's really easy for me. A lot of stuff I either had to watch at somebody else's house <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. my oh, yeah. my early days we actually had a a dial mm -hmm. um yep. antennas yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh That's i was only allowed about. to watch uh i was only allowed to watch pbs for a long time <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so i'm so to to the best of my memory um mm -hmm. i think it was saturdays now mm -hmm. if i if i didn't go somewhere with my dad and my brother saturday morning and, and like afternoon we would get home, whether we got home or I was home all day, it was WCW wrestling, like, like early, like low budge WCW wrestling. Uh -huh. 
And then it was, I think noon was Kung Fu Theater. I, yes, I watched Kung theater. Fu. Uh-huh. Um, two, two was Monster Theater. Four might've been something, might've been Monster, Monster Theater Action. And then might've been like some of those early, early, early UPN shows like mm-hmm. Zena or, or Point Man or something. And then it was always the eight o'clock movie on Saturdays. So it was mm. like a full day of movie watching on channel 20 or 50 mm. or 54 or one of those channels, you know? And uh, yeah, I feel lucky that I was able to grow up with something like that. And now you've got Pluto <clears throat> at Tubi that are doing their best to kind of mimic that. Okay. But like digitally, you know, Netflix just has just Netflix has their categories, but Tubi mm-hmm. has like specific, very even more specific nostalgic, like, you know, monster theater or, uh, you know, and it's like the full moon features. But anyway, that's cool. But then I found Scrooge on Tubi. And so I think it was like earlier this earlier this week. I'm like, uh, babe, we're going to watch this. And she goes, isn't this that Christmas movie? It's not Christmas. I'm like, no, we're going to watch it anyway. We're going to watch it. We're going to, I'm a, we're going to make up for not having watched it. on Christmas. Uh, I'm going to watch it. We're going to watch it right now. And so we watched oh, it. And that's just, awesome. But also it was, it was really fun to watch that even though it wasn't Christmas, it's like people getting together, bonding, healing each other through connection and love and positivity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're getting, even though we can't touch, we still have to social distance or be connected to the internet. I think, mm-hmm. I think we're still finding that with each other because we, oh, want, sure. it so, we want it so much more. We're, we're reaching out. <clears throat> we're reaching out further and we're mm-hmm. reaching out more often because we want that because we're, we're lacking it. And we're yeah. finding all these apps and finding all these programs and finding all yeah. these methods of doing, doing that. But yeah. So yeah. It's Scrooged. Yeah. It's such a, such a great film. You know, it's funny. Well, it's, I love, we, yeah, the effort. It's like when you live in a, in a place, like when I've, I, <laughs> I've done this so many times. I live like, three blocks from somebody and I never see them. Mm -hmm. Then they move away Mm -hmm. and I see them more than anyone else in the city. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that effort. I put the effort out even because, because it's too easy to go. Well, they're right there. It's like going to see monuments or going to the museums. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. well, it's always there. I'll just go when I, and then it's like, they're shutting down. Oh, I'm going to go see it. It's like, we're trapped. I better reach out. I might not get a chance to reach out again. You know? Yeah, yeah you're right. There is more of that, like really making effort now for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I watched Scrooged over the holidays. And when you said you couldn't find it, I was like, where did I see it? Did I see it on Netflix? Did I see it on Amazon? What did I, <clears throat> one of the many streaming sites. And I, re- I realized I must've seen it. it must've been on like a, like in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> like mm-hmm. I must have been on a job, and or, it must have or been on the TV hotel. Or TNT or something like that. Like one yeah, of those I'm sure that's what it was on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I was uh, like, I just watched that. Yeah. Because during Christmas, I think, and I love, I, I love Prime, but I think they were charging like, seven, oh yeah, probably seven or eight bucks for it. And I was just like, yeah, we got other stuff to watch, so we just, we just did that. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that yeah. movie. <laughs> you raised a good point about about people leaving. You know, I had a. You know the members, you know the members of my zombie squad, which is kind of like our our creative clique. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one moved to Colorado, and we got way more active uh, through the internet. Like mm-hmm. remote, we got then we got way more active remotely. Yeah. 
and another one, uh, another buddy of mine, you know, we lived together and we did a few things when we lived together and then he moved out and we kind of did a few things. And then he moved to Arlington and we started doing a, a few more things. And then he moved all the way out to Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is like halfway to Richmond. And we're mm-hmm. doing way more remotely now. And it's kind of okay. frustrating. Like where, why weren't we doing all this? <laughs> Everything we're doing now, why weren't we doing this when, you know, we were roommates or, mm-hmm. or when we all lived in Maryland, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so it's, it, it's, it's kind of intriguing how, you know, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Absence might, absence might uh, get you concerned about losing out on that collaboration. <clears throat> and then the brain starts clicking more. Mm-hmm. So, dude, I got three more ideas now. I'll drive all the way out to Fredericksburg. It's only an hour away. Or you come all the way out here, spend the mm-hmm. night, do a whole production weekend here or do a whole production weekend there. Or yeah. Or, or do all this, or do a podcast. We tried to do a podcast like this, and it didn't really work out. But now, in these times, it's starting to work out, and and maybe maybe get some more traction. So, yeah, totally. Absence makes the brain work faster. I don't know. I like that. I like that. It's yeah. funny. I was trying to think of things too. I was like, uh, absence makes motivation happen more. I, but I like the brain works faster. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, I'm gonna it's, start saying it. It's like it's like it's like the fight. It's like the fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. You know, it's like you're yeah. about to you're about to leave. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Oh shit, you're you're gonna leave in a week. What can we pull off in a week? And then it's like boom, 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 boom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you sacrifice a whole week before you leave, and we knock out forty projects in one week, and then and then I'll give you half of them. You edit them, edit them when you get when you get to your new mm-hmm. spot. I'll edit the other half, and then it's just like flooding. YouTube yeah. or social media or whatever <laughs> with all this content. And yeah, yeah it's like kind so of right. fight, fight or flight type of mentality. Well, well, what would you say is your next agenda for, you know, the next month or two? Uh, finish first draft of screenplay. One of the screenplays get uh, finish editing and color correcting a commercial for tap twice T um finish interviews for the documentary um yeah um full plate yeah those are those are going to take up a lot of time and then probably the other thing i would like to do is like go outside and lay in the grass for 10 minutes at well, one point <laughs> something like that where i'm just <laughs> Ah, <laughs> I got excited. Um, yep. Something like that, that is um, not project oriented um, would be just, well, yeah. Some like I, I used to play bike polo a lot to, to have a space to just do and not have to worry about it affecting my creativity and just kind of like a freeing space, you know? So I feel like doing something like doing something active or just spending time and not thinking about what I need to do would be a good way to put it. Like not being like, Oh, well I have that on this, not looking at a watch for that time period. Hell yeah. You know, that's what I want. I want to, that's what I'd like to accomplish and be very successful at this. And I want to fail five times next month. Something. Fail, 
fail five times. Mm-hmm. Fail at something five times. Okay. Or more. It's fine. But I, I like think uh, I've, I've been enjoying uh, having that objective has added so much because uh, it's like being a little kid when you're learning, you know, you've, you fail at things and you get better at them because you're so willing to do it, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't care yeah. and it's not the weight of the world on you. And there's, mm-hmm. there's a need for perfection and doing things correctly, which kind of gets drilled into you as you get older. And I think that that for me anyway, especially like I'm trying to learn four languages right now too. So it's like this kind of thing where it's like, it stops you before you're even able to get going. Mm-hmm. And the, one of my screenplays has been that which is why the writers group i'm part of is like really excellent because it's not critiquing each other's work it's kind of like a free flow real quick and then sharing with each other but it just frees things up for me being like i'm writing and then the filmmaker in me is going ah that's not going to work out and then the actor in me is going well i actually think this and those uh, like separating those those hats that are getting in the way of one of the tasks the writing has to go free of that. And then the, the, the filmmaker can edit the writing later and, mm-hmm. and ask for changes. But so, uh, yeah, failing, being like, I'm going to fail is going to free up even more space and, and creativity possibility, I feel like. Just like shitty rigs when you like put something together and it's just not going to work out. But mine is... Might as well throw it on the wall, and if it slides off, great, you know. Yeah, uh, who knows how the Steadicam was invented? But this, but the guy who invented the Steadicam won an Oscar mm-hmm. for the for the for the science and tech portion, you know. And and yeah, who knows how he came up with it? Probably with a shitty exactly. rig, with a, with uh-huh. a really shitty rig, and then kind of like unshitty that rig, and then mm-hmm. came up with the freaking Steadicam. Exactly. And and, uh, and and I love that idea of like you know attempting to fail at stuff because. You know, there, there's that old alpha, that that old outdated alpha male, and there's nothing wrong with alpha males. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that alpha mentality, but this old phrase of "I refuse to fail," "I refuse to lose," and I think in today's age that has developed into "I refuse to tr- I refuse to try" because I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for me, I refuse to not try. Yeah, you know, because you're 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 not going to succeed without failures. You're not going to succeed with trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. That's how mm-hmm. the the Wright brothers came up with the plane. That's how uh, that's how the inventor of the Steadicam invented the Steadicam. It was trial and error, trial and error. Yeah, and it was fail, fail, fail to finally like, boom! I got the I got the blueprint. I got the blueprint. So yeah, yeah, um, totally. Yeah. So what, what would, what's, what's one view or idea that, that, that you have for our new normal? Our new normal. Um, I think that our new normal is going to be, um, a lot of, mm, I guess, it's kind of a repeat. I, I, I feel like content is going to have um, a greater platform to go into. And I think um, not only do people, I mean, you, there's more, I think everybody's open-mindedness and new ways of thinking outside the box are going to carry over such as collaborations, like you were saying, like across the country, like I'm on this podcast in LA, he wouldn't have hired me 
as a voice actor for it because he kind of stays in his little circle in LA if it weren't for this, right? So there's, mm -hmm. there's, and because of kind of accommodating to the fact that people are isolated and kind of lowering the expectation of necessarily Sari, the um, production quality of some things, mm -hmm. or even like maybe you don't have the nicest video, but you have video camera, but you have a great story. Mm -hmm. I think those things are being able allowing people to connect with people they never thought of connecting with right. i have a friend in london who <clears throat> she's been hosting these karaoke shows mm -hmm. and so you're participating and you're getting to connected with these other people through those that you didn't i mean i connected with this musician who i wouldn't have connected with through another person via this kind of atmosphere and so the collaborating i think people are more willing to look outside the box and outside of their small circles and more willing to be like, oh, I'm gonna give this unknown person a chance. And I also think that the content that's getting created and the different platforms that are starting to get used more are again gonna just make everybody more trusting of audiences. And I think even studios may take more risks in the outcome of this. Yeah. And more be, be, might, might have to change their function um, but I think that it's giving everybody, I think the waters, like the waters, what is it? The water rises. If you, if it, you do well, everyone else around you goes, well, I can't remember yeah. what that. There's a saying like that. I feel like that's what's happening right now is it's, it's creating a wild west. It's like right. that company wants this done. Well, now there's, I can pitch myself to them. Whereas they might said only if you did this and this, you go, well, I know how to do that. I just don't happen to have this one thing that they have on their list. Mm -hmm. So now I'm just going to pitch myself to them. And they're more willing to hear you, I think, right now. Um, so I think in the end, people are, will just be more willing to collaborate, look outside the box, do workarounds. And, and I think there's going to be lots of new formats coming out of this of, like, cre of creation. I think film is going to take a... I think film will will change i think it's not going to just stay the way we know it i think just like with vr and mm -hmm. just like with um which vr is an amazing tool yeah I, and, I, I've, and i've talked yeah. and i've talked quite i've talked quite a bit about the vr on on this show because oh cool we, you know um for years now the vr games the oculus and, and mm -hmm. things of that nature have been growing to where i do <clears throat> quick story i do live streaming uh, that's another little thing i do I was doing live streaming at conferences, conventions, hotels, concerts, uh -huh. convention centers, things of that nature, like Microsoft at the Washington Convention Center or, you know, those different conferences. Mm -hmm. And I was doing live streaming of those events. Well, now they're not having them in person. So they're doing Zoom things. And we found a workaround doing Zoom. Oh, cool. But people, you know, since VR came out, there's been a lot of talks of doing all these classes, just VR. Simple was a Google Glass. You mm -hmm. put it on, you can see your classmate next to you in VR. Your teacher is going to be there in VR. And all the yeah. instructions in, in movie theaters and screenings. And, mm -hmm. and so that's, gonna, that's the next level of this live streaming thing is VR live, mm -hmm. live VR streaming. I, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more yet. VR is definitely. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I didn't, and I don't mean to cut you off, but also no. – you were saying people are reaching out backstage. Now I'm on backstage for acting uh -huh. and a little bit of crew. So backstage started an, an additional category work from home. Mm 
And so, oh. pe- and so people that are casting are choosing work from home because they can, they can take some voiceover. They uh-huh. know, they know these voiceover actors, uh, mm-hmm. actors, voiceover artists, whoever aren't coming to the studio anymore. Yep. So <clears throat> there's this new work from home option. And so now Joe's from Canada and LA mm-hmm. and York are going to be taking uh, dudes like me from DC and Florida yeah. and, and, yeah. and uh, oh, Minnesota. Yeah. 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 So, and, and, and it's an easy reach out now. So the second you click that box, work from home, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, this guy's got a great sound because they only wanted people in LA. Mm-hmm. So they check only LA. Well, now they check work from home and I'm getting work from home notifications and I submit yeah. my reel, my previous work. And they're like, Whoa, this guy's got a great voice. Maybe, yeah. maybe not me, but I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. still work. I'm still yeah. working on my whole voice. Yeah. yeah. My, my whole voice every deal. But yeah. Yeah, it's but like that's it. That is it. That is well, I you know, I was at the uh I was at the I was at a casting conference 2 years ago in London and uh, a bunch of casting directors from all over the world were talking and we one of them they were all talking about self tapes and and you know, self tapes weren't something. I mean, self tapes are common now. Mhm. They, they weren't they before. Were, they were common maybe they were they were pretty common maybe in the last 5 years. Mhm. Exactly. But now, yep. Now they're, they're what happens. And, um, you know, I remember when Erica Arvold first moved to Charlottesville, I used to live in mm-hmm. Charlottesville at one point and she, she, we were, she did, it was like, I don't remember. She had just gotten there, but she like did a, a little workshop and she was showing <clears throat> her process of casting. And she's like, she dumps all the headshots on the table and you're like mixing through headshots. And it's so funny because like, three years later, that was like thumbnails. Suddenly you're not looking through headshots physically on a table. You're just scanning through tiny thumbnails. Yep. And now on your phone, you know, you're watching, you're watching the self tapes on your phone and, and, um, and, and it's tags and it's tags. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Glenn Nelson, cop army, uh, mm-hmm. law enforcement, military mm-hmm. um, tattoos, buzz cut. And it's tags. Yeah. Definitely tags. Mm-hmm. And, um, Oh, I was talking to these, this one casting director from Italy and she was talking about how crazy it was to do um, <laughs> the first self tape from narrow down to the director <laughs> watching the first self tape of one actor and the other actor on a split screen to try to decide if they had chemistry or not. If they were going to have chemistry okay. or not versus having them. No, there's some outside the box shit. So watching, <laughs> so watching two self tapes that are pre-recorded mm-hmm. playing side by side. Mm-hmm. They were trying to figure out versus old school where you bring the two people in and see if they, mm-hmm. if they've got the chemistry, but they were trying to do it that way. And then, uh, Maybe some Zoom stuff nowadays, right? Ma- yeah, now so Zoom would make more hang, sense for that. Hangouts kind of thing. and yeah, Zoom, for sure. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so, or, or Skype or, or whatever people are using. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, it's wild. Oh, and, and I was going to say, well, I can't remember what I was going to say. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, but oh, it's 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 on the tip of my brain. I was going to say, what's the new um, the new normal? Never mind, I forgot it. It's gone forever. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I like, I, I, oh, that's what it was. So, so after, so, you know, after a year from now, these producers Mm -hmm. and directors and writers are going to realize 
the profit margin to the to the to the expense margin has worked yeah. so, has worked so well over the last year. Exactly. Well, well, in the in the coming year, but like yeah. twenty 2020 to twenty twenty one, they're going to look they're going to look expense they're going to look at the profit margin now and realize yeah. just using Google Drive and Zoom and Dropbox mm-hmm. and self submits, paying the actor maybe twice as much. Mm-hmm. Because that actor has to like do his own setup, do do his or her own setup mm-hmm. in their home studio, pay mm-hmm. them twice as much, but everything, but no crafty, no catering, no mm-hmm. location expense, no the uh, mm-hmm. no crew, uh, minimal crew expense, minimal actor expense, and, and extras expense now because mm-hmm. so much is being done remotely. Their profit margin is like, well, shit, I'm just going to keep doing it this way. Yeah, yeah, for, definitely for decades. Oh yeah. If oh not, yeah. If not, you know kind of like assimilating into VR and the, and the Unreal Engine and mm-hmm. um, um, animation and, mm-hmm. strictly, and strictly voiceover. Yeah, and that money, that, that excess money from original budget can go into promoting mm-hmm. and distribution. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and, and so maybe hiring two social media marketers or brand, brand mm-hmm. invigor- invigorators as they're called now. <laughs> So if, many different nicknames now. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you 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 double your staff on that because mm-hmm. you've got because you don't need you know twenty five percent of the old old normal staff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So, um, if you could if you could close out with one point, what would that be? One point. One point. One bit of advice for our viewers who want to close out with you know one one point. One uh. idea. One idea. Okay. Um, Be compassionate with others and be compassionate with yourself because if you do that, it'll bring you an abundance of creativity and productivity. Absolutely. Um, My DJ comedian buddy, I was testing out his studio. Mm -hmm. He he was getting really frustrated and I was getting really frustrated. (laughs) And I said, dude, Stop. Build the thing. Take a, take take a break. Take a minute to chill, and then go bring back all the equipment that you had last year. So he did. Took a break. Just chilled out. He plugged it in. Everything worked. And I just said, "Hold on, just stop." Because he was like, "I don't know. I don't know." How to. And I'm like, "Dude, you did." And then I was like, uh-huh. "Stop. Take yeah. a break. Take a break. Yeah. I'll leave it running." I went and took a break. Bathroom break. Came back. I waited for him to come back and say, Hey, go grab that thing that you had. Just, just plug it in exactly mm-hmm. when we had it last year. So he did and everything worked fine. So compassion, patience, maybe. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, couldn't agree 100%. with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. Well, do you have any, you have any uh, plugs, links, socials you want to put out there? Um, I would say uh, there's a fun uh, dojo comedy theater in DC has a streaming uh dear friends sketch you can find via them uh i'm a part of those as well as random bush podcast which is a uh, sketch comedy podcast uh that you can visit and then if you want to find out more about me and my weird little skits sometimes uh my ig is ollie like the boxer ali chef c-h-e-f-f um and then in about a week i'll be posting uh, a little bit of more info about the ERA documentary on my website, which is A-L-I-C-H-E-F-F dot com. 
Well, you heard it here. Ali, chef, it's almost been two hours. A lot of content. Whoa! A lot, of, oh a, lot, a lot of meat, a lot of meat, nothing, <laughs> nothing born, nothing born in my, in, in my eyes. So uh, hopefully the viewers think so. And it was mm -hmm. great having you on. I can't thank you enough for joining me and, and sharing everything. And, uh, and you heard it from her, all her links in the description below, click all her stuff. And thanks again, Ali. And to my viewers out there, like, subscribe, share, comment, click all the links, thumbs up if you like it and ring the bell for notifications and check us out next time.